Yes. Hello. <laughs> I can we- be a little bit more enthusiastic. Hey, hello. Let's <laughs> get this party started. Let's pump this energy up. We it- have been talking too long and we just mellowed each other out so much. So we need to build that energy. Jumping jacks. Ready? Go. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we, it's, it's just been, it's been a listen. It was a, it was a long week. I know I say that like every week, but this, this week was particularly the full moon came early. We <laughs> are going to say that it's been a long week and you are going, you listeners are going to respond with, yes, it has. Because yes. we know that everyone has felt this week. And literally, I don't like, I just, we at work absolutely, we actually looked to see when the full moon was because it just seemed like a full moon week. And it's not Same. until next week. Yeah, it's not until the 11th. I checked and I did like in our team's group chat, I was like, just in case y'all are curious, the full moon is not until the 11th and Mercury is not in retrograde, whatever that means. It's not right now. So people are just being crazy because they're being crazy. Yeah, it's just a, society is finally collapsing on, on itself and everyone, we're all just watching it happen everyone is feeling that post-covid craze <laughs> and just losing their minds they lost yeah. their taste they lost their smell now they're losing their minds <laughs> and we're here through it all yeah we we also lost our minds when we were researching that house that we told you we were going to do and we decided not to do it because it was not a good choice yeah <laughs> so we said that we were going to washington we turned right back around and headed back to louisiana this week <laughs> because they're i don't like we're not we won't mention the house that we were going to do because i just feel like it's mean to say that they're absolutely making shit up <laughs> they're absolutely making shit up but yeah i mean i hope we don't ever go back and try to do that house again because i deleted all my notes the little oh, the little notes i had i was just like mm, i'm just going <laughs> to well, it's okay. all this. i also closed out all of i didn't even make notes i just had a tab open <laughs> oh good <laughs> i closed out of my tabs but i guarantee you i can still tell you what happened in that house in 5 minutes or less me too maybe so... we'll do it maybe we'll do a speed run episode one day and just go through the houses that people like to say are haunted and then have but nothing not. to back it up. Exactly. That's a good idea. It's a good idea. If they, if spirits, likes- yes. spirit speed, spirit speed dating, <laughs> finding the duds. So you don't have to look. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're back in Louisiana. Um, I think, I think what I'm sorry, I saw, I'm so what- stupid. Spirit what? speed dating, dating without the fear of getting ghosted. <laughs> no, that's a good one. That is a good one. I'm sorry. What were you? <laughs> I was just going to say that we're not actually back in New Orleans. So I think that I saw that this place is like, I can't remember if it's 68 miles or 98 miles away. I think it's like oh, 98. it's that far away. I think so. Wow. Cause these people are buried in New Orleans. I wonder why. Oh, spoiler alert, but I wonder why too. I'll take that out. <laughs> I might leave that in. <laughs> Who knows? Will you hear it? Who knows? Well, because I uh, saw on one of the places that, yeah, they had like the, on the places website, we should just say what we're doing. So. <laughs> we're doing Myrtle's no, plantation. <laughs> we aren't going to tell you what we're doing. We're just going to tell you about it. And you have to guess. Yes. <laughs> 
No. Okay. So we are doing Myrtle's Plantation um, in St. Francisville, Louisiana. And when I was on the website, it had like how far it was to each major Mm -hmm. attraction in Louisiana. And I think it said, yeah, 98 miles to New Orleans. So now I'm extra confused, but we can get to that. Okay. And I guess I'll start off again. Want me to? Yeah. I mean, the the people have spoken. Okay. We must listen. We'll just ride. We'll just ride that train in case, unless they get something wrong and then we'll go back to doing whatever we want. Um, (laughs) But before we get started, y'all should definitely pull this house up and take a look at it because it is gorgeous and it will definitely set the scene. Yes, definitely. And also before we get this officially started, uh, just in case you are a first time listener, we are Haunted or Hoax and I'm Kristen. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yep. Good job. I'm Jennifer. Welcome. (laughs) welcome are usually this disorganized so listen we had to do this research on the fly so get ready for a chaotic episode um (laughs) and we're gonna start out the chaos with the fact that i'm going to acknowledge that there was a ghost adventures episode and like i said because i did this on the fly i did not watch it i'm sure it's very good you guys can watch zach bagans for me and let me know how it goes and if i needed to see anything very special but i just didn't get to it this time but i have other things so don't worry about it i guess with myrtle plantation there's a lot going on but the most notorious spirit or legend is that of Chloe. Mm-hmm. So Chloe is to, said to be the most popular ghost on the plantation. According to legend in the 1800s, Judge Clark Woodruff was the plantation's owner and he had, okay, I'm going to start by saying, I'm going to get to two versions of this legend. This is just the first version. Okay. He had an affair with Chloe, supposedly, and they called her in National Geographic a household servant. I guess that's like a, I guess their PC way of saying that she was a slave, but according to this, she's a slave for, yeah. I don't, don't sugarcoat it. You know, this is a plantation. We know all the horrible things that went on on plantations. Slavery was a thing. You can't work your way around it by calling her a household servant. She was a house slave. And so, and the reality of it was it probably wasn't an affair. Yeah, it was probably not consensual. So apparently when Judge Woodruff began having an affair with another slave girl chloe feared that she would be banned from the house and forced to work in the fields with the other slaves so to prove herself worthy of remaining in the house she devised a plan one night she baked a cake and in the mix included some poisonous crushed oleander leaves hoping to make his daughters sick so that she could nurse them back to health and secure herself a spot in the house like I saw this in somewhere else too, where it mentioned that this was actually on one of the girls ninth birthdays. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was more explained as like, if you were seen as a healer, like if a, if a, if you were a slave and you were seen as like a medicinal healer and you did something with like herbs and stuff to heal somebody in the house, you were uh, put up on a higher, you were more valuable. 
Yes. And so they treated you nicer. They kept you in the house, that sort of thing, which was what she was hoping. Apparently though, her plan backfired and the amount of poison caused the children and their mother to die. Fearing that they would be accused of murder by association, Chloe's fellow slaves found out about this and apparently dragged her from her bed that night caution warning, hung her until she was dead and then weighed her body down in the Mississippi river. Oh yeah. Very horrible and dark. Just really bad. There is another version of this legend where Chloe for many years fell victim to Woodruff's cruelty. And she tried to protect herself from further abuse by listening in odd Woodruff's conversations and modifying her behavior based on what he like said made a good slave. Mm -hmm. One day after being caught eavesdropping, Woodruff had Chloe's ears cut off, forcing her to carry the shame and disfigurement for the rest of her life. She hid her mutilation apparently at the request of the Woodruffs by using a green turban. No one would see her scars and the fact that she didn't have ears and, um, but that didn't take away from her painful experience. And so this version of the legend says that she baked the cake to kill the children, the children and the wife out of revenge. So that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> As you can imagine, some say that Chloe has appeared in their photos from the plantation and others hear young girls laughing and playing at Myrtle's today. According to the plantation's website in 1992, the current property owner of Myrtle's had photographed what appeared to be a slave girl standing between two of the buildings on the plantation. Basically, she was taking pictures for the insurance company mm-hmm. and uh, for like a fire insurance policy. And she got these photos and it it shows us apparition. The National Geographic Explorer filming crew determined that the photograph definitely contained what appeared to be an apparition. The girl appeared in the breezeway between the general store and the butler's pantry of the mansion. The National Geographic Explorer used the photograph in their documentary of this place and suggested that a postcard be made of the photograph, which it was. A, and then a Mr. Norman Benoit in May of 1995 requested permission to research the postcard. After enlarging the postcard and doing a shadow density procedure, he discovered that all of the physical measurements of the apparition were of human dimension and proportions, the circumference of the head, the length of the shoulder to the elbow, and the elbow to the wrist were all in different indicative of a human which i guess he was trying to say like oh it's definitely the apparition of a human i don't know if that was not a lamp post yeah it's not it's not like something that you can just debunk as something that was just standing like in the way but uh this picture has kind of like been what they i guess are going off of as chloe i'm going to show you the postcard kind of distant part and then a close-up I mean, it is pretty transparent. Yeah. Like you can see the sighting through the figure. Yes, you can. And it definitely does look like a figure kind of just standing there in between. I am not sure how they get 
gender from this sex from this well the first one kind of looks like a dress but when like you the close... first one you s- sent me but then yeah. like the second one it's not quite as obvious yeah if you go to the second one and you kind of zoom in it kind of looks like a almost like a, a just a guy mm-hmm. leaning back so but like the first one I mean just based on what they wore like it would be a dress with an apron over it yeah like you can kind of see that two-tone exactly that is interesting it is it is a very compelling photo I don't know if this is specifically Chloe they kind of liken it to her because of the head area it kind of looks like she they're wearing a turban and she was said to wear a green turban according to legend so mm-hmm. uh apparently also kind of connecting to chloe and this legend uh there's a mirror located in the house that supposedly holds the spirits of sarah woodruff and her two children um, I think that we've talked about this before that maybe we haven't. There's some certain like superstitions and customs with certain cultures and certain religions that when somebody died, you needed to cover the mirrors and like reflective surfaces in the house. So the spirit mm-hmm. wouldn't get trapped and open a window. Right. And legend says that after the poisoning of the woodruffs, this particular mirror had been overlooked And so the uncovered mirror reportedly trapped the spirits of the children and the wife who are occasionally seen leaving handprints in the mirror. Mm. I did not see any photographic evidence of handprints in the mirror. Gotcha. But still interesting. And also just horrible to be a spirit trapped in the mirror your whole entire afterlife. Yeah. Think of all the people just like you have to watch them just look at themselves in the mirror over and over again. Yeah. And then like... I guess it would kind of be kind of fun to be a spirit and kind of just play a prank sometimes. Like that that TikTok that went around of the guy who like zooms in on the mirror and there's a woman on the other side and she walks up to the mirror and he yells. Yeah. Or the window. Yeah. Well, and so you know the little mall pillar mirrors like in department stores mm-hmm. that used to be around? I don't know if they do those anymore. Did your parents ever tell you that there was like cameras or somebody set up in there like watching you make faces in the mirror no because joe i feel like he's not gonna remember this but my stepdad joe told me that one time because i was like making faces in the mirror now he's absolutely laughing his ass off i know it stuck (laughs) with me my whole entire life and i know it's not true but every time i see one of those mirrors in a store it just (laughs) i just think about it trauma So, you know, it's just like that. It's trauma. Whether you're a ghost or just a guy in the pillar. And then I used to think, man, that would be a sucky job to be the guy in the pillar watching the mirror. Uh, I was a gullible kid. Um, (laughs) uh, There's some other legends that are going on at Myrtle's Plantation that, strangely enough, like the Myrtle Plantation website doesn't really mention. They kind of really focus on Chloe. And uh, I got most of these from Wikipedia and Haunted Walk. There's a variety of like, just kind of like a hodgepodge mix of of different ones. This house apparently was built over an Indian burial, burial ground. Oh, of course. 
course. And there's a ghost of a young indigenous woman who has been reported on the grounds. During the Civil War, apparently the house was ransacked by Union soldiers and legend claims that three were killed while in the house. Uh, supposedly there is a blood stain in the doorway of Myrtle Plantation, roughly the size of a human body that will not or would not at some point come clean, no matter how much they clean it. Um, other legends say that cleaners have been unable to push their mop or broom into that space, like something. Like the body is still there? Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. And then a plantation also was apparently the site of other gruesome activity after Chloe's death. There was a new owner and his five children that would apparently pass away from tuberculosis or yellow fever. There's a little girl, and I think her name is Kate, that is supposedly one of the the children apparitions that has been seen here that is attributed to one of these children that had died of one of these diseases. I saw both yellow fever and tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. The later the home was later passed on to one of that man's surviving daughters and husband, the Winters. And apparently the winter, Mr. Winter taught Sunday school at his home. And one day while he was teaching, a unknown man rode up on a horse and was like demanding to see him. And Mr. Winter went out to address this man, but didn't get anything like said. Apparently he was shot point blank on his front porch, on the front porch of Myrtle's plantation. And he ended up staggering up the stairs and dying in his wife's arms. And that is why you can apparently hear the sound of stomping, lingering in the home today, mostly on the empty staircases. Okay. So. And then you thought, wow, that it's there. It does not. It keeps going. Tell me more. (laughs) The plantation also went on to be used as a film set for movies. One of them in particular was Long Hot Summer, which I have not seen. What Uh, you're experiencing right now? I'm living it. I don't know what the plot of the movie is, so. Oh, maybe not. Uh, Never mind. (laughs) But... (laughs) If it's just about how sweaty and miserable it is out whenever you step outside, I'm living it. Apparently the vis- the uh, cast and crew reported witnessing furniture moving around on its own in the home all the time. And they couldn't find anything to explain the activity. They also heard like disembodied voices and would think somebody was in the room with them when they were not. The plantation is also reportedly haunted by a young girl who died in 1868 Despite being treated by a local voodoo practitioner, she supposedly appears in the room in which she died and has been reported to practice voodoo on people in their sleep. We don't have a name. No, no name. And I thought maybe she and this Kate Winters who died of like tuberculosis, typhoid fever, this young girl from one that, that family Maybe we're one and the same, but they've never had a, like a connection in any of my research. We don't have an age for Kate. No, just that she's a little girl. Um, I thought maybe this voodoo ghost girl or Kate, as she's called, could be the ghost girl on Myrtle Plantation's website because they have a photo. Oh, so the ghost girl 
is the one practicing voodoo on sleeping. Apparently, apparently, supposedly. Gotcha. Um, Myrtle's Plantation also has this picture of a girl, ghost girl that's captured in somebody's photo as they're posing. She, I'm going to show you again the kind of spaced out and then close up. What do you think of that? Horrible drapes. I'm sorry. She's appearing in front of the window and there's some drapes and it just doesn't do her justice at all. It's very interesting. It is very interesting. And also when I saw the face uh, as a close-up and everybody is going to just roll their eyes at me, but um, doesn't it look like the glow worm? Oh my God. <laughs> doesn't it? Does it not look like the glow worm? Please tell me. A little bit. A little bit. But it also kind of looks like the Gerber baby. Well, Got I mean, some the gl- chubby cheeks. I mean, the glow worm and the Gerber baby look pretty similar i'm gonna say she does look like a a cherub of a child i don't know what to make of her (laughs) honestly they don't have any sort of um idea of who she is Mm -hmm. they do say that this was a digital image and was sent to dave young of paladin paranormal Dave is a dear friend and supporter of Myrtle's plantation. And they said they knew he would appreciate the photo and learning the explanation behind it. Dave reported that he was amazed at what presented itself in the photo and immediately sent it to other professionals, including the society of physical research. Yeah. Psychical. Yes. Society of psychical research. There we go. In England. And we've talked about them. We have, you know what? I just, I'm going to get it wrong every time. I mean, I got it wrong the first like five times I said it. So (laughs) let's try it again. The society of psychical research in England, he sent it there. So they also have like a back shot, like a back, like detail of this, this photograph. It was taking, it was taken of a teacher and some of her students in the courtyard of Myrtle's plantation with a Sony Cybershot. DSC P93A camera. It included megapixel capability, file size, a GIF file compression system. I'm not going to say if it's a GIF or a GIF or if it's something else. So we're just going to spell it out. It is a GIF. It is a GIF. And if you say GIF, then go get a jar of peanut butter. (laughs) There's something wrong with you. Shutter speed, iOS, I no, not iOS, ISO speed setting and focal length of the lens. Let me, and Dave said it confirmed that nothing at all unusual was discovered or reported about the photograph or the manner in which it was developed. Like there was nothing like wrong with the camera. There was no sort of like thing that was special about the way that they had the lens that would make that sort of glare on the window that would appear to be this little girl basically saying that the photograph is more or less legit according to them do we have a before and after um no those are the only two pictures Mm. bummer so always put the before or the directly after of your ghost photos so you can prove that there was nothing there the whole time and always snap three. That's what we learned on our ghost tour. That was mm-hmm. 
kind of the only useful thing that we learned anyway uh but besides this ghost girl who could be the voodoo girl or could be the tuberculosis girl there is also a ghost who reportedly walks staggers or crawls up the stairs and stops on the 17th step which has also been attributed to william winter who apparently was the guy that got shot either way crawling is a hard no for me no, no. If I saw a shadow figure crawling up the ste- steps and stopping on the 17th step, I would be all the way up on the 20th step running away. So there's a little added legend. Part of that legend, if it is the, the apparition that climbs or crawls up the stairs, I guess it's been added into his alternate versions of his murder that he stopped and died on the 17th step. So that would make sense. Mm. And lastly, kind of less sinister and a little bit more fun. The grand piano on the first floor plays by itself. And it's not a player piano. Nope. And it only usually repeats the same chord over and over again. And it's usually at night and somebody will usually check on the sound and the music stops and we'll start again when they leave. Hmm. They're a shy player. You know what? They're just trying to learn. You can learn things as a ghost and they're just trying to learn piano and you're interrupting them. They've only gotten one one, chord. Yeah. They only have to learn one chord at a time. Yep. Um, So those are basically the legends. I'm going to go through a few experiences and I think I have like two more pictures to show you. Okay. The first experience is by Francis Meyer, who I believe used to own Myrtle Plantation Country Living reports that she, quote, heard footsteps coming up the stairs and she, I didn't think anything of it, but I had let my, I had left my light off and I woke up and it was on. So I turned it off. Then the footsteps started up the stairs again. I figured it was one of the other guests, but then the doorknob started rattling. Mm -mm. I called out and nobody answered. Francis told this originally to the podcast Mysterious Universe in 2015. And so she was concerned that someone was trying to enter her room. Fair enough. I don't want anybody entering my room either and rattling my doorknob in the middle of the night. Leave my doorknob alone, please. Exactly. Frances made a dash downstairs once she thought the coast was clear and tried to wake the owner. So maybe she wasn't an owner. I I thought I read somewhere else that she was one of the proprietors of the Myrtle plantation, but she might've just been a guest. Mm. Um, when he didn't respond, she sought, <laughs> she said she sought liquid courage from a few nips of cherry brandy and eventually fell asleep on the sofa. Cherry brandy. Like what are we in the 1920s? I guess that's all Where's they had. my schnapps. <laughs> right. I guess that's all they had available. Do you have any cordial? she apparently awoke to the feeling of somebody watching her which are like dude are you okay alcohol induced paranoia (laughs) right she said quote i looked up and standing over me was a black lady her head was wrapped in a green turban i could see her holding an old-fashioned tin with the loop in it through the candlelight and i lost it also what are you doing drinking and then falling asleep with candles on 
the moral of this story is drink responsibly. Okay. Anyway, blow out candles before you get lit. Right. <laughs> Don't light if you're going to get lit. Um, continuing quote, I started screaming. I reached my hand out to touch her. I could tell she was a ghost because she was see-through, but as my, my hand passed through her, she faded away. Okay. If somebody is standing over me, even if I am drunk and they're scaring me, my first, my first thought is not going to be, let me put my hand out and touch you. I don't want you touching me. You don't want me touching you back up. So I will say there was a time that I woke up and there was something in front of me, whether I was asleep when this happened or not, I didn't go like this. And it wasn't like to, I wouldn't say I reached out to touch them. It was more like I reached out to get them the fuck away from me. Right. You had the (laughs) like shove them away kind of thing. This kind of sounds like she just like put her hand out to ah let me touch you (laughs) right what are you um so uh, regardless that is a terrifying tale i mean also i understand like you know somebody rattled your door so it rattled you and you couldn't wake the owner so you decided to sleep on the sofa but at least your room has like a lock when did you you check like, did you check outside the door and make sure that there was no one there? Like, you live in a bed and breakfast. Right. You're going to have people walking around. Like, what if they just needed to find the bathroom? Right. I don't know. And if you did think it was a person, maybe don't get drunk. That's what I'm saying. Why? Are, I mean, like, I guess, you know, to calm the nerves. But yeah, if you thought it was like an intruder, you're just going to take some some brandy sips fall asleep on the, the sofa with candles lit that's why they needed the fire insurance <laughs> so miss francis likes to to have a few too many sips of brandy up in her upstairs bedroom you know before her seance apparently before she goes touching apparitions <laughs> so that was one experience and then I headed over to good old faithful TripAdvisor, which has a lot of people talking about the ghost tours and the haunted stays. This is a 2016 review from a person with a username, a sensitive. It starts out by saying, I stayed at the Myrtle four years ago and I am returning again this month. I am a sensitive that stayed in the John Leake room. I have no idea who John Leake is. Oh, that's a leaky bathroom. <laughs> L-E-A-K-E, leaky. <laughs> when people found out I was there, they asked to follow me around. Did, how, did they know, how did they know that you were a medium? Oh, when ghosts found out. That she was there. Okay, I got it. No, I got it. I got it. No. no, no, no. When real people found out she was there, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do they know that she was a sensitive? Did she tell them? She told them. Oh, maybe she's a famous sensitive, like the Long Island medium. Maybe. I don't know. 
she said it turned into about 14 people. I gave them a paranormal 101 so that people would understand a little bit more about ghosts. It was raining really hard outside with lightning flashing and loud thunder that gave the place a spooky special effect. After the rain, I told everyone we were going to walk the grounds. This woman just started staying there. and She was like, I'm in charge now. Let's go on a tour that I'm going to just give you guys. <laughs> the tour guide's actually like sitting, waiting for her two o'clock to come around. And she's like, where is everyone? I right. had 50 people on my list. And then they just see this woman with her goulashes, like holding a walking stick. Let's go, everybody. <laughs> I'm going to tell you all about the paranormal. But yeah, I was just like, it made me tilt my head. I was like, really? <laughs> These people didn't even want to go with her. They just got trapped. <laughs> the owner comes around the corner. I told you last month, <laughs> you do not work here. Exactly. <laughs> we are charging people for this. You're taking we're away not, our revenue. We're not paying you. <laughs> they just pay her and free stay <laughs> in the leaky room. In the bathroom. Just keep this, keep the leaky room in mind. A mother and her daughter went to their room to change their shoes. They came back and the mother said, oh, I forgot my flashlight. She came running back, yelling at me to come see her room. The shoes she and her daughter had taken off were on their sides with the soles touching, which I'm like, they could have done themselves. (laughs) This mom and dad are like, let's just take the piss out of this woman. Also, a woman, a also a window blind had come and come undone from the top and went halfway down and just hung there. I calmed her down and said, What did I just teach you? I said that they're not trying to scare you, they're trying to get your attention. Let's see what they're trying to say. I then went over to the window and grabbed the heavy drapes, they were wet. I felt all the way to the floor and found the carpet wet also it had started raining again and as i pulled the drapes back i saw water dripping right onto a fan cord that was plugged in and turned on i said unplug that or you'll have a fire i see i told you they were trying to get your attention later around 1 30 a.m i told everyone that i was turning in <laughs> Her adoring public was like, please stay up a little bit longer. And she was like, no, I must retire. Um, No, I am exhausted. (laughs) I just saved you from a fire. The souls. Did you tell the owners that the window was leaking? No, no, no. We just unplugged the fan. The souls of the shoes and the souls of the people here are draining me. She said, I put a recorder by my bed and caught some, something amazing. She did not share it on her TripAdvisor. She didn't say that she downloaded it SoundCloud or anything. I didn't get an EVP. I'm sorry, you guys. She said that you can clearly hear footsteps on the wooden floor come over to the bed and you can hear someone whisper, you be in the dream. And then you hear footsteps as it moves away. The next morning, her two daughters met her in the gift shop for breakfast Hester, there's a question mark. So I don't think that this might be this lady's name. She just called this woman Hester who runs the place. Asked my daughter, is that your mother over there with the dark hair? And the daughter said, yes. And Hester said, I had a dream about her last night and she was standing looking out of the gift shop window. When I walked in, she slowly turned to me 
and said, hi. And that's when I woke up and realized I was running late to work. And then she just ends the thing as I had a wonderful experience and hope to catch more this time around. So the owners didn't know what you, who you were. You oh. were just giving unsolicited paranormal ghost tours. Somehow everybody else knew who you were there. You were in this lady's dream. And then the ghost told you that you were going to be in a dream. And then uh, there's a leaky room that the ghost, I guess, made the leak come in. So they like, you wouldn't start a fire. I don't, there was a lot going on at her. I'm surprised she didn't like put her Instagram handle or anything down. Right. I mean, all it says is her username is a sensitive. So, but we did learn that you can message people on TripAdvisor. This is true. Maybe I'll message her and say, Hey, what's do you have your time is the tour, right? Do you still give illegal tours at places that you stay? (laughs) So let me know. Um, I did like the room tip was the John leak room is haunted and has its own bathroom. (laughs) Con ghost pro own shower. So I mean, honestly, if I were to stay in a place, I would probably want my private bathroom. Oh, for sure. I don't want to be standing in a queue waiting for somebody to get done showering. I need my Mm -hmm. own. If if something doesn't sit right with me, I need to be able to have my privacy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, I have two more TripAdvisor. Okay. Just, I think, creme de la creme. Uh, this was in March of this year, March, 2022. And it was by D Lynn. She said, my BFF and I stayed in the doll room, which was well-appointed and the furnishings were period appropriate. Our room and the entire property were very clean and well-maintained. My birthday dinner at the restaurant 1796 was fabulous. Haley, the tour guide, was terrific and skillfully relayed the history of the plantation, including descriptions of the resident ghosts. We were extremely lucky to have Kate. And she says that Kate is a two-year-old that died of yellow or typhoid fever. Jump on our bed twice early in the morning. We will definitely return to this lovely historic location. Okay. So Kate is mentioned here and she, uh, apparently according to this woman, I didn't see an age for any of these children that supposedly died, but she says she was two and she jumped on their bed in the morning, which I guess that's kind of cute. If it was actually a child, it's a sensitive (laughs) supplement. Wake up. It's time for, it's my time tour. for the tour. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when we got on and you were like, are we going to insult these people? <laughs> yes, I did. I did say that before we started recording. And the answer is yes. I just, every time. <laughs> every time. Um, and then this last one is from November of 2020. I cannot even say this username. It looks like 
apersonomy. If that's a weird term or like some means something gross, don't tell me. I'm not going to look it up. A person on me? No, it's A-P-P-R-S-O-N-A-M-Y. A person on me. Ampersands. <laughs> whatever this person, whatever they have to say whatever whatever their name is they said it makes you wonder is the title of their review and they said i didn't see anything but we captured some orbs but one thing left us with questions as we drove up the driveway to the plantation a top right window curtain was drawn back as though someone was looking out It was dark with no light on, but the faint outline of someone could be seen. We stopped the truck and we were looking up, making jokes when it suddenly dropped. We then continued to drive and I peeked back up at the window to take a second look. The curtain was slightly pulled back as though someone was peeking back. Still could not see a person when it suddenly dropped again. Was it a ghost? The lady in the white dress they talked about we don't know but it was creepy the next trip we're definitely spending the night no it was just maintenance looking for that leaky window to make sure that the fan doesn't catch on fire again why are these drapes so wet Uh (laughs) (laughs) also she mentioned they mentioned a lady in white and I don't see that anywhere else. What are they saying on these Myrtle Plantation tours that they're not sharing on their website or anywhere else? <laughs> you got to take the tour to find out. And it just depends on who gives it to you. Exactly. Um, but I mean, that's like a very, you know, classic little ghost tibbet. Somebody looking out the window and then suddenly they disappear or the drape drops or something. Is a bed and breakfast, like we've mentioned. So it could have just been somebody looking out the window and then we're like, oops, mm-hmm. somebody saw me and then <laughs> made awkward eye contact with you that you didn't notice because it was dark. Mm-hmm. So it is a personal experience. I can't say whether you're right or wrong, but hopefully you went and stayed and you had more experiences and you're just not telling me about them because you're rude. So... <laughs> is it rude Kristen it's rude to me the person who is making the podcast about this place right now um and the last two things is I have a photograph of a man and his son they were taking a picture in the room and during one in one of these rooms I think it's on the first floor while on a tour so I'm going to show you this photo it's just the regular photo I'm going to preface but this by saying they do not have a like a three photo before during and after um but they do close up on the mirror they I would like also to preface this by saying they report that they were the only two in this room they like the tour was pretty much over and so they had just wandered into this into this room to take a picture and they are the only ones in this room at this time here is the close-up the article concentrates on kate the little girl's spirit 
being in this mirror picture. They don't say anything about the old woman also below her in this picture that I see. I'm sorry. There are only supposed to be two people in this photo. Yes. Do you not see four or five people in this photo? Yes. I see a person in a hat looking at the fireplace. Yeah. I also, in between the cluster of individuals that, like, someone in a pink dress. Yeah. Like a child being held by a woman. But then if you look in between that and, like, the weird face above it, there's also a really weird face looking directly at the camera. You have to zoom in, though. In the chandelier part or the mirror part? Hold on. I'm just going to send it to you. Okay, great. They say they there's only to the two of them in this room, but that man in the hat is an actual person. I just think that they didn't realize he was in there. Real person, yeah. He's a real person. This little girl, I can they little girl they say is Kate, is an apparition. Like she's not supposed to be there. This creepy looking old woman down here that has like no eyes. Yes, it looks like she's holding a girl that also has no eyes. Yes. And then the demon thing in between them that I sent you a screenshot of. Yes. Hold on. I I exit out of my thing by exit. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. It looks like a clown, Jennifer. It looks like a clown when his, like, creepy little hand is reaching around. I don't like that at all. I'm going to not look at that anymore. But, yes. So... Like, I understand, like, apparently this Kate, little Kate girl, they have, like, a portrait of a little girl that supposedly lived at this plantation that they use as a comparison for this apparition. Mm -hmm. Do we have the portrait? Can I see it? Yes. Let me see. I didn't notice this at first, but then they made a comparison as I scrolled down a little bit further. I was just so distracted by this picture. Let's get away from that picture. Sorry. (laughs) that is the picture of kate kate winter apparently why does she have such an old face i mean i don't know have you ever seen a two-year-old with that much hair right no her arm i think this is a painted portrait that has yeah it's a painted portrait because like her arms aren't actually like that look at her arms this is not very good photographs back then oh well you know what i'm saying this artist was not very good at proportions. Portraits are hard. I know. I could never do one. I'm just saying. <laughs> this family was kind of You're just saying rich. if you commissioned somebody to do that, you would expect better. <laughs> exactly. And here's the comparison. Just ignore the weird two-headed old woman down below her. She freaks me out. I could kind of see it. It looks like they're wearing similar things. There's like six faces at that picture. I'm just going to. S- like now I see another one. I'm going to just stop. Like the, the phenomenon, done. the face phenomenon, whatever it is, is strong with that one. Yeah. Oh, are you talking about the like kind of like bald headed face that's right next to this little girl? I literally, I closed out. Of okay. Well, <laughs> um, yes. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. And then there's another one in between them that doesn't look like the one that I sent you above there. It looks like a different one that's like 
kind of looking away and it doesn't have any eyeballs mm-hmm. and it just you know you know it's it's a lot it's a lot also i don't understand why they're focusing on this little girl when clearly there is a witch in the picture that is what i'm saying why are that we- is a that is a banshee you have caught that's what i'm saying thank you when i first looked at this picture i was like wow that's a creepy creepy like witch woman with no eyes and then they're like oh and the little girl above i didn't even notice her at first <laughs> i don't know but this man in the hat also when you look at this picture at, on our instagram this man in the hat is actually there i just believe that they they forgot that he was there and he when is they- he is respectfully admiring yes house. you can tell he's looking yes. at it he's got his nice sun hat on he's there for the for the neat historical artifacts yeah but the other people are not there i guess and they're very very disturbing um so yeah that was fun and then there's one more picture i have to show you that's from 2017 from the facebook of myrtle's plantation they said that this photo was submitted by an overnight guest I'm not going to like this one, am I? I don't know. This one didn't disturb me as much as the other one. Okay. That makes me feel a little better. This looks like it was taken through a window. What the heck is happening? I think it was taken through a window. So please ignore this man's obvious nose in the middle of this picture. This is this man's nose reflected. I have to believe. It looks like there's like some sort of little skull thing to the right which could just but be a weird re- reflection. But I think that what they're really concentrating on is the apparition sort the of proportionate, improportionate apparition that's on the stairs. Yeah. The one that looks like it was uh, like, it's like a little uh, paper doll that was placed there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be like maybe three feet tall if she made it down the stairs all the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the dress. Yep. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, so she, it's not as disturbing. No. And it does kind of give me Photoshop vibes. I'm just saying. I'm not accusing of this person who submitted this of Photoshopping. I'm just saying it gives me a little bit of Photoshop vibes. So she looks like uh, in Cracker Barrel, they have these little um, doll sticker books. And they had like a colonial one. And that's what she looks like to me. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that your parents didn't take you to Cracker Barrel for a special treat on Friday nights. And I feel sorry for you. <laughs> Go check one out. Unless you're not on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. Then I can't help you. Um, but those those are all my pictures. And those are all the stories and experiences I have for you. Oh, great job. That was a lot more than I was expecting. Thank you. I know I was, you know, kind of like, oh, I'm maybe I'm not going to find anything again, or I'm not going to find anything good, but I actually found a fair amount of pictures. So, which I usually don't get. Mm -hmm. Well, I will shed some light on these items when we get back from our break. I can't wait. Okay. We'll be right back. Scotland's history is ghoulish, ghastly, and at times downright gruesome. Who wouldn't want to hear more about it? If you're interested in learning more about Scotland's history, legends and ghost stories, then the Generally Spooky podcast is for you. My name is Ailey, researcher, storyteller and believer in ghosts. And my name is Kieran. I'm chief listener, provider of jokes and Ailey's husband. 
and we are the co-hosts of the Generally Spooky podcast. Join us as we discuss things like the Loch Ness Monster, the Mackenzie Poltergeist, the Battle of Culloden and so much more. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You can also find us for free on YouTube and over at our website, generallyspooky.com. We'll see you there. See you there. Welcome back. We are back. And we are generally hoping that you liked that Generally Spooky Network ad. That was funny, right? You are so funny. (laughs) (laughs) I should be doing stand-up. What am I doing? A podcast. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, so now we're gonna go into if uh anything I said had any truth to it. Yeah, I'm gonna I mean I don't have a lot, um, okay. but I do have some that'll help touch on some of the things that you mentioned. Okay. Myrtles was originally named Laurel Grove, and it was built all the way back in 1796 by General David Bradford. It was otherwise known as Whiskey Dave. Hmm. I want to know how do you get like nicknames like that, like alcoholism. Oh. <laughs> my following question would be, what would my nickname be? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I don't have I don't have alcoholic tendencies, so we would just name you Hot Tea Jenny. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway, Dave was actually known for his role in the Pennsylvania Whiskey Rebellion, which we all know so much about, right? Yes. I know everything about it. Have you heard of it before now? No. No, I haven't either. Um, You've heard of the Tea Party. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So this is, again, about taxes. The government wanted Mm -hmm. to tax booze. People said, nah. Government was like, yeah. And... They were like, mm, no. Nah. And so George Washington himself actually rode with the army. Can you imagine our president doing that now? Like, No. There's a problem. They actually go out and help with the fight. No way. Mm-mm. Too old. Too old. Um. Anyway, he ro- rode out with the army to negotiate the taxes after 500 armed men attacked the home of a tax collector poor tax collector just trying to do his job he's like i don't get paid enough for this i'm just an employee um but no blood was shed some guys got arrested and then they all ended up being acquitted or pardoned so there's your quick crash course on the pennsylvania whiskey rebellion anyway so once dave was pardoned by president john adams he moved his wife elizabeth and their five children from pennsylvania to the plantation in louisiana He died in 1808, and Elizabeth carried on running the plantation until 1817 when she handed the plantation over to her son-in-law, who was also one of her husband's former students, Clark Woodruff. Clark was married to the Bradford's daughter, Sarah, and the two of them had three children. I saw Africa, and I saw Cornelia, but regardless, it's either Africa Gale or Cornelia Cornelia Gale was one of the children, James and Mary Octavia some intense names yes i feel like it's probably cornelia gale yeah but i I don't know i don't know i couldn't find much information on the other children um unfortunately sarah cornelia and james all died of yellow fever 
1823 or 1824, one of the two, I was able to find Sarah on Find a Grave, and she's buried in Hope Mausoleum in New Orleans. Okay. I couldn't find anything on the two children who passed, um, but there was a very large yellow fever epidemic in Louisiana. Um, let's see. Over 12,000 people died of yellow fever in hmm. the year 1853, um, but that epidemic actually started in the late 1820s. Mm. So it ended up making the highest annual death rate of any state during the entire 19th century during that wow. epidemic. People were saying that people died faster than graves could be dug. So I think mass graves were a tendency mm. just to get things rolling. So she was listed and her children might have been buried with her. That is just an assumption. I didn't find that anywhere. Anyway, so when Elizabeth died in 1831, Clark and his daughter Mary ended up moving to Covington, Louisiana, mm -hmm. and left the plantation to a manager. Clark ended up selling it in 1834 to Ruffin Sterling. Ruffin. Ruffin Tumble Sterling. <laughs> so just as an interesting thing that I saw, Clark died in 1851 in a According to Find a Grave, he was originally buried in Girod Cemetery, but then bodies were moved at some point. Since his body was unclaimed, it was later buried in a mass grave at Hope Mausoleum. Oh, so he kind of ended up ended mm -hmm. up with his family anyway. Right. And I'm wondering if maybe the same thing happened to Sarah. Maybe him and his wife and his children... Like, I didn't see any marker for her. Mm. So maybe him and his children and his wife are buried, like, in that mass grave. I don't know. I don't know. If you know something about that or if you have, like, a census or something, send it my way. I pay for a lot of things, but ancestry is not one of them. Yet. The Sterlings, when they bought the house, remodeled and essentially doubled the size of it. Um, this was beginning in 1834. They also changed the name to the Myrtles after the crepe myrtles that grew on the property. And if you're not familiar with down south, crepe myrtles are these trees that end up, the bark looks like crepe paper, like it peels mm -hmm. off and they have puffy flowers that bloom and they're really pretty and they get everywhere and make a ginormous mess, but they're really pretty. Beautiful, but a nuisance. As that's, most plants in the South are. And that's what they say about us. So, Is it? I we should. <laughs> Ruffin died in 1854 and left the property to his wife. The Myrtles saw the Civil War. It actually survived it. Did not get burnt down. Okay. But like many other plantations, its property was robbed and left empty. They came in, stole the furniture, expensive stuff, and left. Right. I didn't read anything about anybody dying. A lot of the times, though, the inhabitants of these big plantations would end up leaving before anything was sieged. Right. They would just kind of get out while the getting's good. And right. There would be an evacuation. They would evacuate the town. And then the battle would happen, usually. Sometimes that didn't happen, though. But I didn't read anything about anybody dying on the floor. 
I also didn't read anything about bloodstains. Um, William Winter was hired to manage the property and was married to the Sterling's daughter, Sarah, another Sarah. Okay. William and Sarah had six children, even though two were listed on find a grave. One of their children who was listed on find a grave, Kate, <laughs> there she, she, is. she died in 1861 at the age of two from typhoid fever. Okay. Okay. So there is a Kate there. Personally, I can't visualize a two-year-old practicing voodoo. <laughs> she might be a different one. Maybe it's one of the other children. <laughs> I don't know. And that was the, only one story I saw. The mental image is pretty funny, <laughs> but I can't see it. Um, the Winters were eventually forced to sell the property after the Civil War in 1868 because most of their money was tied up to Confederate currency, which everybody knows wasn't worth anything once that war was lost. Right. So, or one, depending on who you talk to. However, the Winters were actually able to buy the property back two years later. Oh, okay. In 1871, something happened. A fire. No, a murder. <gasps> a murder most foul. <laughs> Um, <laughs> William was murdered on the porch hmm. of the house on January 26th. So someone came to the house at seven o'clock. Okay. Called to the front door. When William came to the door, no one was there. So he was like, uh, hello. The only thing that answered him was a double barrel gun. <gasps> it sent seven buckshots in his direction. Five landed in his chest. And one went through his neck. <gasps> oh, gosh. According to the article, which I will read to you, he died pretty much instantaneously on the porch. So he didn't stagger up to the 17th step. Not that I read. <laughs> they later arrested five men for the murder, but they were released due to lack of evidence. I can't give you much information on the motive trial or anything. Mainly because the quality of the newspaper scan wasn't the best, but I will link the article just in case you want to read it. Um, the clipping of his death announcement did mention him leaving behind a wife and five children, so they did have six children. Let me just read you this thing. Let me zoom in for my old eyes. So this is from the Times Picayune. Picayune? Picayune. Picayune. We did, we did this last week. We did, we, we did. We said this, yes. Oh my God. This is January 31st, 1871. It becomes my painful duty as your correspondent from this parish to acquaint you with the particulars of one of the most diabolical murders ever committed in this state. Yikes. Mr. William D. Winter, residing about three miles from this place on the Woodville Road, was called to his front door by some person unknown on the night of the 26th at about seven o'clock. Mm. And as he appeared at the door of his sitting room, there being no one in sight, he requested to know who wished to see him. And at that instant, a double barrel gun was discharged at him loaded with seven large buckshot, six of which took effect upon his person, mm. five in his breast and one through his neck, killing him instantly upon his stand. He fell and expired instantly without uttering a word. It is supposed 
that the party firing was on horseback, bringing his gun on a level with Mr. Winter's body, as his gallery is quite elevated from the ground because he was on his porch. Right. This barbarous assassination has filled our whole people has filled our, filled our whole people with horror, hor- with horror, and the indignation. Horror. H-O-R-R-O-W. Horror. Oh. Hero? <laughs> and indignation. Suspicion is abroad, and it is hoped the guilty party or parties will soon be arrested. Mr. Winter was an eminent lawyer and most worthy citizen. He leaves a wife and five children to mourn this cruel dispensation. He was buried yesterday, his remains being attended to the cemetery in this place by a large concourse of sorrowing and sympathizing friends whose life is safe under such a state of society for an hour. How can we trust anyone in our community ever again? The worst game of ding dong ditch. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was wildly inappropriate. (laughs) Um, Accurate though. (laughs) So that did happen. Well, I mean, that's nice to know it happened horrible. But nice to know it's actually got some truth to it. He didn't also, die on the 17th floor, though. The 17th step. Excuse me, the 17th. He died maybe. on the porch. <laughs> maybe that's the blood stain. Oh, maybe. If I there is know, I want to know why, though. Just for fun. People are awful. They've always okay. been awful. This is what this, is, this podcast has proved to me. <laughs> um, so this is from June... Sixth. This is also from the Picayune. This is 1871. The two principal parties under arrest last week, E.L. Weber, late sheriff, and George Swayze, suspected of being privy to the murder of the late William Winter of this parish, were examined on Saturday last, and the inquiry concluded on Monday, the 29th of May, resulting in their discharge from custody, the evidence not being sufficiently strong to justify commitment for trial. It is hoped to, the veil would yet be lifted, which shall expose the actors in that dreadful deed of blood. What a way to say that. Like, it very obviously shook the area. I mean, it would shake me too if it's just like, you know, I answer my door and somebody shoots me for apparently no reason. Mm-hmm. I wonder what he did. I was like, I'm like, what did he, what did he provoke in someone to do that? Not like he did anything to get murdered or to deserve being murdered, but just like, what reason did this person be like, you know what? I'm going to go up on my horse and mm-hmm. shoot this man on his porch. <laughs> like there's no robbery, obviously. No. And the fact that one of the suspects was a late sheriff. And this guy was a lawyer. Mm. Like, there's kind of some question there. But no, I don't have any answers for you. I don't have any closures on that one. Damn. Well, at least we know that he could possibly be haunting the place because he Mm -hmm. did die there. He did die there. So after this murder, Sarah remained at Myrtle's with her family until her death in 1878. The plantation stayed in the family until 1886 when Stephen Sterling sold it to Oren Brooks. Orin kept it a whopping three years and then sold it to someone else. It was purchased in 1891 by Harrison Milton Williams. The wiki page didn't mention it. I just stumbled across it on newspapers, but the mm-hmm. Williams' son, Harry, drowned in the Mississippi River in 1927 at 31 years old. Mm-hmm. He had just been married the previous year. 
And apparently he was with two other men and they decided to take a shortcut home across the river. Mm-mm. It was dark. They lost an oar and then their boat became submerged. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is from the St. Francisville Democrat, February 26, 1927. Harry M. Williams was drowned in the Mississippi River at point between Tunica and An- Angola. I'm sorry. On the west side on Thursday night of last week and the body has not been found. Mr. Williams in company with his brother-in-law, J.C. Davis, 17 years old, and a Negro man who is not named, (laughs) had been out on the lower side of the place to see about some livestock which had been marooned by high water. Dark overtook them, and instead of returning home through the backwater, they decided just to take a shortcut and go by the river. When they reached the treacherous Miles Eddy, they lost an oar, and in seeking to retrieve it, their skiff was swamped. It seems that all three succeeded in clutching snags and treetops upon which they were able to support themselves in more or less precarious fashion. They called to each other several times during the early evening, and all answered. The survivors say they heard Mr. Williams give a terrific scream, and then they heard no more of him. When the moon rose, he could not be seen. The young white boy and the Negro spent a frightful night. It seems the former was clutching the t- to treetops and was virtually floating in the chilly water. Because remember, this is February. Mm-hmm. He was badly lashed by the force of the waves. And when he was found, he was so badly swollen that his clothing had been cut from his body. Mm. The two were not rescued until about 11 o'clock Friday and must have remained in their perilous predicament for fully 15 hours it's awful davis suffered severely from the effects of his experience for several days but is now on the road to complete recovery the negro was all right within a few hours as a reminder this is written in 1927 so please disregard the language yeah Searchers have made every effort to locate the body of the drowned man and have gone over the waters of the vicinity in skiffs and launches, but so far have been unable to find a trace of the missing man. Lookouts have been posted downstream to watch for the body should it float and get into a current. Miles Eddy is considered a treacherous spot, and many are of the opinion that the body will never be found. Mr. Williams was the son of Mrs. Fanny H. Williams of Myrtle's Plantation and is a native of this parish. He was about 31 years of age and was a very worthy young man. Last summer, he was married to Miss Caro Davis, daughter of Mr. and Mrs. W.J. Davis, and they moved to the, I can't read what that is, neighborhood, where he was a farmer. Mm. The bereaved families have the deepest sympathy of the entire community in their sorrow. Well, that is sad. It is sad. Just a little interesting tidbit. Yeah, sad, but interesting, and also... I know that their son died and then his like nephew had like the severe injuries going on, but like to not just not even name the person of color by name. He also went through an ordeal and just kind of brush off. They went in so, into so much detail about everything else. Mm-hmm. It kind of just, just I mean, tells like you a, how the times. A very, yeah. Very obvious sign of the times. Yeah. But that's sad. It is. The land was divided among the surviving Williams children in the early 20th century and in the 50s was purchased by Marjorie Munson, Mm. who apparently saw some spooky things. Mm. I didn't even see her in my research. 
in the 50s, she started mentioning. That's crazy. Spooky things happening. What? I do not know. But in the Wikipedia page, she was the first one to mention spooky things. James and Frances Myers purchased a plantation in the 70s, turning it into a B&B. Gotcha. And they did what? They wrote a book. Oh, about what? The ghosts. Ghosts. Mm. They called the home the most haunted house in America. That's how you get people to stay there. The current owners, John and Tita Moss, still run the house as a haunted B&B. You can check out their website. It is the first thing you see. It is literally almost every link on the first page of Google. Mm -hmm. There was a fire in 2014. You were right about the fire, but it was, you know, 2014. It caused substantial damage to the general store, but it seems the portion that was most damaged was an add-on built in 2008. So not Mm -hmm. super old. And the general store was actually not a store historically. Oh, okay. It's where Whiskey Dave lived while the house was being built. Gotcha. Um, Cool. They should have just kept it as that. (laughs) You can stay there now for a tour or overnight and get breakfast. Um, My favorite thing that I saw while I was looking through everything, I was like, where would I stay if I was going to stay here? And how much is this tonight? I chose the Judge Clark Woodruff Suite. I don't know if you click through the rooms. Mm-mm. It is very cute. It's got that princess bathtub that I like. The cloth mm-hmm. of bathtubs. And a very pretty chandelier. I'm going to say it's $315 a night. No. It's like $230. Oh, well, still. So let me, let me read this for you. Okay. The Judge Clark Woodruff Suite is located on the second floor of the main home. It is our largest and most private suite. The suite has a queen-size four-poster bed and a private bathroom with a bathtub. Please note, the Woodruff Suite is only accessible by stairs. There's no elevator access to this room. Next paragraph. Access to this room is limited to only the two overnight guests listed on the reservation. It has a large private sitting area near the staircase on which William Winter died in 1871 on the 17th step. But he did not. Well, yeah. And do I want to be reading that when I'm reading about what kind of bathroom and bed size it has? Also, somebody died there. So have fun. <laughs> um, but that's all I have. <laughs> well, that's interesting things. You have nothing about Chloe, um, which I'm not going to say that there's no slave. Spirits. Oh, yeah. I mean, there obviously can be. This is a plantation. So, yeah. Absolutely. This is absolutely a plantation. Slave spirits would not be uncommon to be found here. Do I think Chloe is an actual slave that actually was there? I don't know. Given the way that the Woodruff children actually died and one of them was a boy and it was two girls. I tend to believe that she might have been made up for convenience of selling a tour and selling a stay which is kind of disappointing because like she's a big part of the Myrtle Plantation Legends Mm -hmm. part of their website and I understand that you want people to come and you want people to be intrigued but this place has enough interesting history already that you don't need to make things up right especially about uh William Winter he died there That is the fact. He died on the porch. He could still very well be haunting the space. But maybe that's who was in the picture. 
Right. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe, I don't know. I mean, obviously Kate was a little girl who died there. We saw that picture to the pictures, the glowworm picture, and then this other picture that has a scary witch in it. Who was that? I don't know. I have no witches. Um, but you know, you have things you have like grounded in fact things mm-hmm. going on here, but you're choosing to upsell something that's just not true. Like you don't have to fill in the blanks. And I think it's a little bit gross and a little bit irresponsible that this is a plantation and you are choosing to elevate a story of a slave girl that was either a non-consensually essayed Mm -hmm. and then or b horrifically disfigured and abused and with the added bonus of making her a villain by killing the wife and children Mm -hmm. that whole thing is just awful (laughs) Yeah. That, like, and you're choosing to make that your focal point of your ghost tour and your stay here. And that makes me not want to go to and stay. Like, when I found, like, like through your research and like reading about this, this isn't, this is like 99.9% is not true. <laughs> and making a story up like that is unnecessary. And it just makes me not want to stay there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I don't know if you just leave that out and you're like, oh yeah, this guy died on the front porch. This, his little girl, just make it about the winter family. They, they are the ones that seem to be haunting this place. And I mean, you've had like the mother and her two children died of yellow fever. Like that is a traumatic death. Yeah. But it doesn't always have to be about like death. Like there have been centuries of families living here. Exactly. Like generations and generations of families and tons of energy and love have been put into this house, taking mm-hmm. care of it, growing it, managing it. Not just that, but also hundreds of souls have gone through here, both exactly. owners and slaves. Like it literally could be anybody. And just say that it could be anybody. We don't have a story about this person, but it could be this person. Right. It doesn't even, have a name. And, and like, I'm, you know, that picture the postcard the chloe postcard could very well be the apparition of a a slave woman Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to you don't have to build a story around that correct that's it which is a theme that we are seeing like repeatedly yes over and over again these places have what looks like to be you know a legend and then we find a little bit of history that would back it up which makes it plausible to be a haunting, but then they take it one step further and they totally manipulate it into something mm-hmm. that they think is going to sell. When I think that, I mean, for me personally, and I think for you too, I think that paranormal stuff is much more compelling when it has truth behind it. Absolutely. So if I just want to be scared, I'm just going to watch a scary movie. If I want something that's going to like make me think and like try to convince me that there are ghosts out there. I want, I want the facts to back mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. So that being said, 
I think it's absolutely plausible that Myrtle's plantation is haunted. I agree. Uh, some of these photos are very interesting to look at. Some of them don't really seem like they've been that altered or mm-hmm. like photoshopped or anything. And this that one picture freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, some people have had some experiences. I think it's totally plausible that there are many different apparitions and residual hauntings. Chloe's not real, y'all. <laughs> Tell them on the tour. You listen to this. There you go. You say, Chloe's not real. <laughs> and shame. <laughs> Just start ringing a bell. <laughs> in the back, cup your, cup your hands. She's not here. She's not real. <laughs> she doesn't even live here. <laughs> she doesn't even go here. So, I don't know. What about you? I would say that it's plausible. But, like, even the Chloe thing, like, I would want to see, like, where did you get that name from? Where do you get that? Where did yeah. that story come from? Where, where are the receipts? Where is this written that this person lived here? Yeah. And they how do you it. know that she ended up being a murderer? So if you can show me that, then I will, I will believe it. But as of right now, it seems like these people just died of yellow fever, which is horrible in itself. Like y'all look up that disease it is a terrible way to die. You don't have to, is it even like sugarcoating it at that point? Obviously not, but like, no, you don't have to dip it in gore, you know, Yeah, it's bad. It just, it's aggravating to me. And it, it's, it was the same thing at the Fernandina beach tour when they were like, you know, this awful thing happened and it, it like very blatantly didn't, but they were just trying to sell a tour. They just wanted to sell the story. And sometimes, I mean, you have, just like you said, you have this, you have this history. Like these people are real people. They live this, they live their lives. This was their actual life that we are talking about. Like these people existed. They have no way of defending themselves or telling their story. It's up to us to tell the history. And you're out there telling this story that very obviously did not happen. For, and you're manipulating it for your own monetary gain. Exactly. And it just, it ruffles my feathers a little bit. Well, yeah, because it's kind of like, you know, you know, everybody passes away at some point mm-hmm. and you, you hope that you're going out and somebody's going to carry on your memory and what you, your history in a respectful way and a truthful way. And it, and like, obviously sometimes we go on tours and we look at places and that's not happening. That's right. Disappointing. And disrespectful. Mm-hmm. You're straight up disrespecting the dead. So I'm not surprised that they're making your windows leaky because right. you probably deserve it for going and spreading these rumors. Exactly. But I would say that it's plausible. There's been lots of souls in this house that have come and gone both peacefully and not so I would not be surprised if there were some lingering around. Oh, yeah. So we'll step off our soapbox. We won't call it a complete hoax. But be better. But be better. Do your research before you start a ghost tour. Your true research. Yes. Well, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. High five to us. We're bringing the truth to the people. <laughs> and if um, y'all find anything else, send it our way. Because I feel like. 
Like I found some newspaper clippings, but not a lot. So I'd be interested to know like census records and stuff like that. Yeah. And if you guys have seen this ghost adventures episode and you know, it's probably just ridiculous. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. And like Zach Bagans has some like groundbreaking bombshell evidence of Chloe. Please send the clip to me because I just want to see him buy into it. That's the other thing is that he really disappoints me in the way he, that he just buys into Mm -hmm. every little thing. He would be so much more credible if you would just call people out. Yeah. The first thing he hears is the truth every time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But well, next week we are taking a step out of the country. Yes. We're going international for a little, little while. Mm Mm-hmm. To Which one is... of my favorite places that I have not been, but I'm going to go. Oh. I'm going to Italy. Yes, we are going to Italy. Not literally, but in I our wish. minds. I wish literally. Yes. One day. Mm. You go first. What is your stage moment? Um, my stage moment is boring because it's just about self-care again. I got my nails done. They look beautiful. <laughs> they do look beautiful. Uh, Karen, Nail Witch Karen here in Gainesville, Florida, did a fantastic job. If you are local and you listen, um, please reach out to her on Instagram and book with her. She's great. Um, but yeah, I just need a little bit of a self-care moment. Uh, also, I've discovered that these nails help my trichotillomania immensely because I cannot... <laughs> pull my eyebrows out when I have nail extensions on. So my n- eyebrows are growing back, which is fantastic. <laughs> and so that's partially why I kept, I kept, uh, I'm going to keep getting them at least for a little while, but that also just makes me feel good. So they look really good. And that's like a neat little life hack. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. If you, if you have trichotillomania, you have some compulsive pulling, try to get some nail extensions. They really handicap you <laughs> as far as getting in there and pulling. If you, if you use your fingers, like I do, I know some people use tweezers and that's irrelevant, but I'm too lazy to do that. Just get nail extensions long enough to where you can no longer use tweezers either. There you go. Just curl them around. Um, my sage moment is a little bit of a preachy moment. I have had a couple of people in my life that are sticking in situations that might not be the best situation for them. And their justification for it is because it's not the worst situation. Mm. So I just want to say out loud to whoever needs to hear it, that just because you're not in the worst situation doesn't mean that the situation that you're in can't be better. So I feel like a lot of people get stuck in this rut because they're like, you know, it could be worse. It's not the, it's not the worst place, you know, it's not the worst thing, but could it be better? Right. So just throwing that out to anybody who might need to hear it. Don't get stuck somewhere just because it's not the worst. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to think that this is your this is your chance. This is your life. This is you're living it every day. And if you're not a hundred percent happy with it, do what you want to make yourself happy because it really is only you 
that has to go through the day to day. Obviously you have friends and family and coworkers that are there, but like, you have to be happy with yourself and your own, own situation. Um, or it's just, you know, you know, you don't want to live life settling. Yeah. Mediocre. Mm-hmm. So I agree. Just whoever needs to hear it. That's all. <laughs> not, a, not a sermon, just a thought. Thank you. One day I'm going to get sued for that, but <laughs> not today, not today. <laughs> Um, so in case you missed it, we are doing some fun thing on Instagram that we will put out into the world soon as far as like an explanation of the contest. So be sure that you are following us specifically on Instagram so you can keep up with that because it is exciting and we're going to have some fun goodies to give out to y'all and we want you to be a part of the fun. Right. Yes. Just keep an eye on the Instagram. I know that I can kind of prematurely was like, I'm going to put it on the Instagram and then nothing ever came. And that (laughs) is because I didn't have all the pictures that I wanted uh, for the Instagram contest, but it is coming. I promise you, we will get it together and um, you really will want to enter. So yes. Um, But until then, we hope you have a good week and we will talk to you soon. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. As always, we love getting suggestions from you guys. Be sure to send us your recommendations of stories to cover, locations to visit, ghost tours to go on, and all that good stuff. You can send it to hauntedorhoaxpod at gmail.com or DM us on social. Yeah, you can find all of our links to social as well as episodes and blogs on our website, hauntedorhoax.com. And if you feel like helping us out, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or just drop us a few stars on Spotify. Bye. Bye.